Hi, I'm Brad Blaylock. And I'm Brad McKeon, and welcome to The Brad Report. Warning. The Brad Report contains spoilers. This episode is brought to you by The Sky. It's what's up. The Brad Report can be found on Apple, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Anchor, and Spotify. Please rate and review us. Five stars only. Make sure you subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Brad Report. Last week, we discussed Black Panther. And this week, we will be belly flopping into the iconic, groundbreaking mind-blowing Avengers Infinity War. And kicking it off with a summary, I'm going to kick it to my co-host. Iron Man, Thor, the Hulk, and the rest of the Avengers unite to battle their most powerful enemy yet, Thanos. On a mission to collect all six Infinity Stones, Thanos plans to use the artifacts to inflict his twisted will on reality. The fate of the planet and existence itself has never been more uncertain as everything the Avengers has fought for has led up to this moment. Mm. What a moment it was. Yeah, it's it was crazy. It was a crazy moment. All right. Uh, do you want to go first with your themes? Uh, sure. I, I think the one of the big themes of this movie is, is sacrifice. Ah, I had that as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you can't not, right? Yeah. But this one is weird. It's not... Um, Sacrifice has been a theme in other Marvel movies, but it's usually self-sacrifice, right? Like we talked about in the Avengers, we talked about Tony laying down um, on the wire, on the wire, right? And, you know, him Steve growing Rogers, into that guy, yeah. and Steve Rogers being that guy as well. But this is more about what you're willing to sacrifice for the sake of your your goal, right? So you Quill agrees to kill Gamora. He tries to kill Gamora in order to stop Thanos. He's willing yeah. to kill her. And sacrifice her for his goal. And she's willing to sacrifice herself for it, right? But Quill is willing to sacrifice something else other than himself. Thanos is is forced is willing to sacrifice Gamora as well. And everybody, everything. Um, and everything for what he for what he wants. Wanda is forced to sacrifice vision in order to stop Thanos. Doctor Strange sacrifices the time stone. What he has sworn his entire life to protect, yeah, in order to protect Tony because he believes Tony's the best chance they have. Yeah, well, he saw the future and he's he's the only chance. Sure, right, exactly. Um, I mean, yeah, like it's about sacrificing not yourself, but what are you willing to sacrifice for your goal? Yeah, exactly. And to highlight the contrast, because you've got so many different sections of the storyline playing out with the the team like steve rogers black widow vision Mm. wanda uh, black panther all in wakanda vision comes to the conclusions like all right well we need i need to die and he's willing to sacrifice himself but the rest of the team they're like they're not willing to sacrifice him which is a very important hinge point. It was like that shows their virtue, but it also ends up being their downfall. 
Yeah. So let me ask you. So Rogers says, uh, "What's the line? We don't we don't trade lives. We don't trade lives." And then Vision comes up and points out to him. He said, "How is this any different than what you did?" Yeah. So I I guess like who who's right here is Wanda right in ultimately like trying to kill Vision, and is Peter right in trying to kill Gamora, or is Steve right in saying we don't trade lives, we don't do that? I don't know because it's it puts the. I, don't, I mean, you know more about ethics than I do, but this is, a, I think you you know more about philosophy and ethics than I do. I know more about the, the, the study of ethics. I'm not, not going to call myself ethical. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, well, great. <laughs> so the problem with that is that you could say it, it's, it puts you in an impossible situation. Either kill someone that you care about yeah, or other people are going to die. So it's almost like the, the trolley problem. Uh, have you ever heard the trolley? The the Heinz problem? The Charlie problem. What are you trolley. talking trolley. trolley. Oh, yeah, yeah, trolley. T-R. I thought you said Charlie. Char- no, T-R-O-L-L-E-R. Yeah, okay, yeah. Wait, what's the Heinz problem? Oh, that's a different ethical problem. Okay, so the, the trolley the trolley dilemma is you are on a trolley. I'll say train because maybe I'm pronouncing trolley funny. You're on a train, and mm-hmm. it is traveling down the track at very fast speed. You're not the conductor, but you find yourself in the conductor's room and there's a lever. There's no way to break it. There's no way to stop it or slow it down. And you look out ahead of you and on the track that it's going, right? So you see that it's going on a track and on that track, there's a person tied up on on the trolley. You see that the track does split. and If you pull the lever, it will go down a different track. But on that track, there are five people tied up on it. Mm. So do you allow the trolley to do you allow the trolley to plow through the one or do you pull it? Does that change if you know the person that's on the trolley the on the first track and you don't know the others? Does it change if the others are people you don't like and the person all, you know? Yeah, because what what happened Ooh. to all the people that are uh all the Wakandan people that soldiers that die? You know? They're just yeah, they're just dead. They're just dead. They're not snapped. They're 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 dead. They're dead. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's difficult, man. I don't know the right answer. Uh, like, but they they they're the good guys. Like, part of Steve's character is that he's he's going to do everything he can, even if that means if that means him dying or other people dying to save someone's life, he's going to do that. But not, yeah, not but, necessarily. Because he wasn't willing to kill kill Vision. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's because yeah. Anyway, any perspective shift, you should be like, oh well, then you should just. He's an android. You know. He's, you know, he's intelligent. He's got, uh, he's got conscience. But. Yeah. It was. It's it's tough. I don't know what the right answer is. What do you think the right answer is? I, it depends on your, your 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 standpoint. So, like in ethics, there are three like main branch, branches of ethics. Mm-hmm. Um, there's te- teleology, which is uh, like what's the end result? What's the end result, right? So, if you're taking like a teleological perspective, then you should have killed Vision. You say, okay, killing Vision or killing Gamora is the right thing to do um, because ultimately it leads to a better end, right? If you take like a deontological approach, that's one of the other 
branches. That says that there are these universal laws and maxims, right? So that do not kill might be a universal law. Yeah. So there you might say, we can't, can't do anything. You can't kill her. And Steve is a, he, he's more deontological. Yeah. He tends to have That's these, not the right thing these rules, do. right? It's not, killing people is not the right thing to do. So it doesn't matter if killing Vision would solve the issue. It's, we don't do that. Yeah. Right. Uh, where Tony's very much teleology, teleological. Oh, right? yeah. Like, and just how, the means. yeah, and justify the means. And then you have the last virtue ethics, which virtue ethics get a little like wishy washy. Yeah. Whose virtues? Yeah. It's more like, um, Right, what what is loving? What is charitable? You do those things, but mm-hmm. but then it's hard to like. So what's more loving? Like not killing your friend, or killing your friend and saving billions. So yeah. I, that's that's kind of tough to to die down. But I think Tony. Um, I think if Tony was on Earth, he he would have killed Vision quickly. Yeah, I think so too. I think he would have killed Vision. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy that uh, I mean how well this this story is mapped out and played out with the characters and all of their specific situations and how that playoffs of one another and how yeah. it all fits together really really well. Uh, yeah, the Russo brothers did uh, an amazing job. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have any more themes because that that's just so the sacrifice theme is so up in your face. Um, I don't know if you have any more death. The loss of like just oh lots of death the loss the loss of life like yeah. one like you said you have the Wakandans who die, mm-hmm. um, but two like they're all facing this um, this like existential crisis of we are I mean, we're about to lose half half of everybody yeah just gone yeah and that's what they're fighting right they're fighting. They're fighting to avoid death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And then, I mean, because like in superhero movies, like a lot of characters die. You know, Loki yeah. dies, Heimdall at the beginning. Right. Um, yeah, and there's just like uh, the constant theme that, you know, uh, I think Thanos would even have a, a teleological ethics of just oh, and, and justify the means to say, I'm going to you know, as he's giving his speech, you know, he said uh, too many mouths to feed, not enough supplies. And he says, you know, if you kill half the people, there'll be enough. And you're just like, what? Um, yeah. So let me, I have a question about, about this, this death thing. So one of the things Thanos says at one point in this movie, um, he's talking about your destiny. He says, I know what it's like to lose. To feel so desperately that you're right. Yet to fail nonetheless. It's frightening. Turns the legs to jelly. I ask you to what end? Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. And then he says, or should I say, it's like, I am. Right. He says, says, and now it's here. Or should I say, I am. Yeah. So, all right. So I I think when, when you talk about death, there has to be a distinction between um, accepted or, or natural death and un- premature death or yeah, death, death by not natural causes or not even not natural, just um, like execution or, or just a life that feels un- un- unfinished or unlived. 
Yeah. So because he so Thanos is right. So his death, the destiny that he's speaking of is is killing all these people, right? For the sake of their good, according to him. Yeah. But he's right. Like dread it, run from it. It comes all the same. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone dies. Yeah. Every being dies, right? And so they spent all these their these characters spent all this time fighting death and fighting it. Um, but eventually they're going to die anyway. Yeah. But I think that that's, I don't know, it's just interesting to see, um, there's the distinction there between a death that is premature and a death that's accepted. And it's why, it's why like when we hear stories of people who die really young or die tragically, they are so gut wrenching because it's, it's an unacceptable death or it's an unfinished life, Mm -hmm. which is why what Thanos is doing, he's, he's, bringing this unfinished life yeah. upon all these people. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he, it's, yeah, it's unfinished life. It's, he's not, he's saying, you know, well, you're going to die anyways. You know, let's make things easier for half the, it's random. It's, it's, it, that's fair, you know, and trying to make, he's trying to justify what he's doing. Mm. And, same time as like, hey, some of you need to be sacrificed for the sake of the people that are going to live. Yeah, and it's crazy. So, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, he's he's the bad guy. Like, here's the thing: it's like he's the bad guy, and but like, he he believe yeah, he does believe so desperately that he's right, yeah. and that he's doing the right thing for. He sees himself as the hero. And he's going to do whatever he can or whatever it takes to, to accomplish his goal. Yeah, I, I think the last last theme I have is, you know, not to get political, but I, I think that the theme of like climate crisis or climate mm-hmm. issues, right? So the theme of this movie is Stannis believes that the world is running out of resources. Yeah, right, which is an ecological catastrophe, right? Correct. So there is an impending uh, climate ecological environmental disaster that's coming and Thanos is trying to prevent it. His solution is, is ridding the world of half of its population, right? Alien, human, doesn't matter. Just ridding the world. And so I think that there, there's a lesson to be learned of like climate doomer versus like climate optimist. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's okay to acknowledge like issues and problems that we may see or, are things that we may think are, are going poorly in our environment or our e- ecological system. But I think if you take a, a climate like doomer approach, right? Like he does, it leads you down this path of we're all screwed. Anyway, you might as well do like the most Extreme whatever thing. it takes. Yeah. Whereas like, I think like a climate optimist says, okay, well, why don't we just create more resources or why don't we develop a, a, a more sustainable way to live or, um, or to expand, like he's got the infinity stones. Why doesn't he just create more double resources? The, double the world's resources. Yeah, seriously. Could have thought of that. Yeah. No, that that yeah, that's super, super smart in saying that. Uh, and I think part of it is his his story, his background is that he experienced the disaster yeah. and like the plant his planet's off its axis. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a wasteland. And 
the change wasn't made. So he said, you know, a lot of people died. Now I've got to do ex- make the extreme decisions that I was shot down for um, way back when. But yeah, he's uh, man, it's crazy. He's a crazy guy. <laughs> the mad Titan, as they say. Got anything else? No, those are my themes. Those are those are solid. Okay, storytelling, good, bad Easter eggs. If you've got it, uh, so I'll I'll go first with the good is that this movie incorporates so many characters and storylines flawlessly. Mm. You know, the Russo brothers have this challenge of you know 20, 25 probably plus characters to give each one significant amount of screen time, keep it, uh, keep it in a manageable size and everybody feels like they get enough, enough time, you know, and focusing on, on their story and developing a story that's cohesive. And they do that really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, one thing I think this movie does really well is the, I think the, the the pacing and the like, sense of urgency throughout this movie is really good. It gives you a, a few moments like to breathe, and then it, this movie really knows how to like pick you back up into a sense of adrenaline and a sense of urgency, and like lull you back down, and then bring you back up with and some, lull you back yeah, down, lull you down um, with some dialogue. And so I think the pacing of this movie, especially considering how many characters there are and how many different stories there are, the pacing is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think they, in ter- uh, terms of pacing, just they balance this balance the serious tone and the comedy really, really well. Yeah, because I think there is a video of this guy who was reviewing it. And he says, "I felt like this movie was punching me and then tickling me and then <laughs> punching me and then tickling me, and then at the end it said it punched me r- harder than I've ever been punched in the in my life, and it said take it, take it, take this punch." Uh, but yeah, the the tone was was really well. Uh, really well done with and the comedy is like it, it's really really funny you know yeah I th- that was really good um another thing i think this does really well is the action scenes are awesome oh, they're so good i mean this is i think this is the best action scenes in marvel oh easily so you've got like the huge fight at, Wak- at wakanda between uh so you've got steve and Bucky and T'Challa and the Wakandans and Black Widow and Nakoya and Scarlet Witch. And then eventually, and Hulk and the Hulk. Then eventually, Buster. you bring in Thor and Rocket and Groot, and they're fighting uh, three of Thanos' children and these Outriders. I think is that what they're, is that what they're called. Those yeah. little four-legged yeah, I think they're called creature the Outriders. things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks awesome. Yeah, so that's looks- great. The fight on Titan is great so between um, Doctor Strange, Star Lord, Spider Man, uh, Spider Man, and like the gar- rest of the Guardians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really oh, good. Also the uh, the New York battle scene. With, oh yeah, yeah. It's really solid between the wizards. That was and cool. the science bros. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that was, was really fun. Yeah, the I just even the character developments because. You know, you get, you know, we just had Thor Ragnarok where Thor was at his peak. They incorporate that really well into the strong characters of the Guardians who are really, really well done. You know, Robert Downey Jr.'s got Iron Man down packed mm. and accenting that with his chemistry with 
Peter and then contrasting that with Doctor Strange and then putting them with the Guardians was really fun. And but those uh, you know, Captain America kind of takes a backseat in this in this movie just a little bit. Um, but yeah, so basically like Iron Man and the Guardians, Thor and the Guardians, those character stories are really, really solid. Yeah, absolutely. That basically encapsulates all the good stuff I have. Um, I guess I'd say another another good thing that this movie had the stakes were. I, I like the stakes of this movie. Oh, super high stakes! It's super high stakes, and people. So I remember, like on Twitter after this movie, people were clowning it. Um, really? No, people were clowning like the whole like the the snap thing with all the all the the dust and the dusting the because they were like. We know they're coming back. You know, we know, you know, people are like, we know they're coming back. Like, well, it doesn't really matter. Like, it, it felt, it still it, felt it, real. And I remember seeing this in the movie theater and I was in shock. It was awesome. It was so good. Even though you know they're coming back eventually, it's fine. Like, yeah, it it's, still it's okay. It's great. Yeah, it's still a powerful moment yeah, to and experience. The stakes it. Were, were great. And the just the silence. Mm-hmm. I remember the silence in the theater. Everyone was just, and even the soundtrack, you're just you hear the dialogue of the characters, and that's it. As they're experiencing it, you're experiencing it. And it was it was gut wrenching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, bad. Uh, I'll let I'll go first this time, but I think I'm going to steal one of yours. Okay, because I didn't have this complaint the first time around, or I hadn't thought of it until yeah. you'd mentioned it. Uh, I think after WandaVision. Was like they don't really explain Doctor Strange's magic. No, which is is just like how is he doing all these things? How does how is this working? Yeah, it's just well, it's magic, mm-hmm. you know. That's kind of within within the confines of everything else, kind of being really well explained or being explainable. Yeah. Is that it's just kind of like yeah, we don't really know. They don't really give us an explanation for his magic or like a set of rules for it. Whereas, like even like the, like the Bifrost Bridge, they gave us an explanation for that. Oh, it's a what do they call it? like a dark hole or yeah, dark hole or, or a black hole. I can't remember or, exactly what they. Yeah. But they gave an explanation like, oh, this is gravity bending space together, and so it's able to put you out. And you know, like they gave yeah. it, they gave an explanation, which is like, oh, that's cool, that's interesting. But yeah, that's that's whatever. Um, it's whatever. <laughs> one thing I I didn't like, Peter Dinklage. As the giant you didn't like dwarf, him? so he's fine. But the giant dwarf thing, I don't know. It just felt weird. I mean, you can tell it's like he's on a set by himself. Well, yeah, it, it doesn't look natural because it, obviously it wasn't. They had to like CGI it or yeah. Well, they, he filmed his scenes separate and like yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just I didn't like it. it. Didn't work for me. Okay, that's fair. I just giant dwarf just sounds kind of I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah. The one part where I guess this is me kind of probably being nitpicky, but how is the metal and fire from a burning star able to cut through like at the end, Thor throws Stormbreaker mm. at Thanos. Thanos uses like all six infinity stones to send like, I don't know what you would call that, like a blast at it to try and stop it. And it cuts through it. And I was like, what is this thing made of? You know, like what kind of metal is like, oh, it's from a burning star, a dying star. I was like, well, what is that? Even? I 
what does that even mean? Sure. You know? So needless to say, I love that scene, but I'm like, when I stopped to think about it, I was like, maybe I'm thinking about this. Maybe this shouldn't be thought about. like that. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Um, oh, the bait and switch of Hulk. So I don't know if you remember one of the, one of the trailers leading up to this movie has a, a depiction of the battle of Wakanda and it's got Steve and black Panther and Akoya. Oh, and there's a, this um, running scene and Hulk's behind them. Hulk is running. Yeah. Hulk does not but, come out in any, at any point in this movie. Well, that scene where they're all like running yeah, straight yeah. ahead, like that's not even in no, the I movie. Know. It just, but they, they put it in there is to show the Hulk. Yeah. And the Hulk just never comes. No, no. Yeah, that it's was just kind like of this, this massive like bait and switch thing. Yeah, they put in things for the trailers to promote the movie. And you're like that didn't happen at all. Yeah, maybe maybe they changed their minds towards the end. Who knows? But I agree. Yeah. Anything else? Um, I don't. Um. I don't know. I thought Thanos's, uh, I thought his motivations would have been slightly better if they would have stuck to the comic book of him trying to impress Lady Death. Yeah. Only because I think he could think of an easier solution than killing half the population, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the comics, so they changed his motivation to, to not be pursuing. To court the like the physical embodiment of death, mm. uh, he's in love with her, yeah. And he says, Well, I'll kill half of the population of all people, and that will that'll make her love me, you know. Which is also kind of weird because it's just like, Bro, you're doing all this to try and get a girl, right? Um, anyways, I think for the change that they did make, it was it was okay, considering, you know, yeah, sure. Um, lastly, just a couple of easter eggs um one we get captain america's original armor like scales type deal yeah, when he's in wakanda we see his uh original looking armor which was pretty cool we get the thanos snap finally which was a pretty famous thing from, co- from the comics and gamora hints at it when she snaps at one point yeah in this movie um we get a reference to beta ray bill stormbreaker yeah which is cool uh let's see what else is there I like the pop culture references that uh, they kept bringing up. Sure. Specifically like... Aliens. Yeah, hey, Squidward. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Called him uh, Thanos Grimace from McDonald's old mascot. Um, There's a lot of comic book callbacks, like stuff in the comics. Like Steve's beard Mm -hmm. is in the comics. Um, Farmer Thanos is in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of things like that. All right, let's get into some quotes and then some scenes. Uh, so the one that I, the first one that I had was the one that you already you already quoted. It was like when Thanos is going like, I know what it's like to lose to feel so desperately mm. that you're right. And like, he opens like the tone of this movie is set in that opening scene when you're like, okay, this is different. Like yeah. we're already starting out with a huge loss. It was a really good pace setter. 
like you said. Yeah. Uh, my first quote is from that from their opening scene as well. And it's from Loki. He says, I assure you, brother, the sun will shine on us again. Oh, so sad. So good. Yeah. The, the next one I have is Tony Stark, where they're about to fight uh, the two children of Thanos in New York. <laughs> like Bruce can't hulk out. And he's like, dude, you're embarrassing me in front of the, the wizards. wizards. <laughs> Bruce's relationship, uh, not Bruce, um, Tony's relationship with Doctor Strange is funny in this movie. Yeah, it's so funny. The like, constant bickering and back and forth is pretty good. Yeah, it is really good. And I think they're both individuals who are very confident in their intelligence. Absolutely. And don't mind thinking of themselves as more intelligent than others, and they're just bumping heads, and it's pretty good. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I, so <laughs> this kind of, this kind of this whole scene, but this quote in particular, um, so it's when the guardians meet Thor <laughs> yeah. and Thor wakes up and he's telling them about how, what Thanos, how Thanos killed his brother or decimated his people. Mm-hmm. And Drax goes, but more is, is Thanos' daughter. Yeah. And then Thor gets up and walks over to him and, you know, they kind of play it up like he's about to be ticked off. He goes, Families can be tough. <laughs> he, yeah, put, he puts his hand on her shoulder and Peter and Cole's face is just uh, priceless. Yeah, I love their like their bickering because like Thor is so much better and stronger than Peter, and he's still trying to like measure up to him. Uh yeah. The the next one I have is when Bruce is kind of reunited with the team after he's been gone for so long. Uh because I think one of the interesting things is like they for the until he shows up in Wakanda, like everybody else on Earth thinks Thor is dead. Yeah, because Bruce is like, "Hey, Thor's dead. Like he's gone." And then they come back and they're kind of like, "Okay, who can we recruit to help?" And like they're talking about, "Oh, Scott." And Bruce says, "Who's Scott?" And Steve goes, "Ant Man." Bruce goes, "There's an Ant Man and a Spider Man." <laughs> Uh, and then later, uh, Thanos calls Spider-Man an insect, yeah. which is a pretty good line. Yeah, that was a good line. Yeah. Uh, so this one is from Peter Quill, and he says, let's talk about this plan of yours. I think it's good, except it sucks. <laughs> so let me do the plan, and that way it might be really good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, when, uh, I don't know, the the dying star, whatever, Thor, Rocket, and Groot are going to, and... Rocket's like, this is Thanos we're talking about. He's the toughest there is. And Thor says, well, he's never fought me. He says, yes, he has. He says, well, he's never fought me twice. And then he kind of starts, they start talking about Thor's history and his yeah. relationship. And he goes, you know, I'm 1,500 years old. I've killed twice as many enemies as that. And every one of them would have rather killed me than not succeeded. I'm only alive because fate wants me alive. Thanos is just the latest of a long line of bastards and he'll be the latest to feel my vengeance. Fate wills it. So, mm. and then rocket says, what if you're wrong? And he's like, if I'm wrong, then what else have I got to lose? It's so, it's such a heartbreaking scene. It is. It, that's good. Yeah. Him and rocket are surprisingly like impactful. Together. Yeah. Like it works emotionally. It, it does work. Um, next one is a Peter Quill quote to Tony Stark again. He says, don't forget I'm half human. So that 50% of me that's stupid, that's 100% of you. <laughs> He's 
like, where are you doing your math? <laughs> uh, a bunch of great lines. Uh, the next one I have is, uh, so Peter Dinklage Dwarf, he's just like, you don't understand, boy. You're about to take the full force of a star. It'll kill you. He's like, only if I die. He says, yes, that's what killing you means. <laughs> oh, that is really good. Uh, this is a Doctor Strange one, and I just like this because he said the name of the next movie. Yeah. We're in the end game now. We're in the end game now. That's so good. People were trying forever to, to figure out the name. Yeah. And not only is it mentioned in this one, but in Age of Ultron as well. When Tony's talking about trying to protect something, build something that will protect Earth, mm. he's like, there's a wormhole that came in like from 500 feet above where we are. He says, you know, we can bust arms dealers all, all the live long day, but he says that up there, that's the end game. Yeah. He was right. He's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another quote I have, uh, yeah, he's, uh, you mentioned it earlier. He's like, how's this dude still alive? And Drax like, he is not a dude. You're a dude. This, this is a man, a handsome, muscular man. <laughs> and Peter goes, I'm muscular. And Rocket says, who are you kidding, Quill? You're one sandwich away from being fat. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Um, Thanos quote, the hardest choices require the strongest wills. Yeah, that one's really good. Um, another one is when Tony's fighting Iron Man, he says, you throw another moon at me and I'm going to lose it. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Let's see. Um, let's see. What else have I got? I think, uh, yeah. The the earth is closed today, Squidward. Like, you better pack it up and get it out of here. Mm. I, I don't have any more, so if you, if you want to keep reading off some, you can. Well, I think the last one that I have is, it's super iconic, uh, especially as it plays into the other movie, to, to the sequel, is this, you should have gone for the head. Woo, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, all right. So scenes. Yeah. So first up, I have the um, the opening scene, right? So mm -hmm. you get so much in the opening scene. You get Loki dies to Thanos. You get Hulk fights Thanos and gets yeah, just wrecked. Which is, I mean, pretty... I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't say surprising because you would expect Thanos to win that fight. But I would have guessed that Hulk – I wouldn't have guessed that Thanos was that much stronger like, physically than the mm -hmm. Hulk. Right, because he – I mean, he overpowered him. I mean, Hulk was nowhere near – it was like it was like watching like a first grader try to arm wrestle a high, a high schooler. Yeah. I, he got wrecked. Which I did not expect. Yeah. Yeah, because you're so used to under, like, oh, Hulk's the strongest one. He's gonna, he's gonna, he may take some hits, but he like eventually he's gonna be, he's gonna win. So yeah, that was really good. I think my my first scene is the where is Gamora mm. scene. Who is Gamora? Yeah, I'll do you one better. Why what is Gamora? Gamora? Why is Gamora? <laughs> and that interaction between tony and, and like dr stranger peter and the guardians and just like it's like all right let me ask you this one time what master do you serve it's like what master do i serve what am i supposed to say jesus, jesus? 
wait, he's from Earth. He's like, no, I'm from Missouri. He's like, that's on Earth. <laughs> oh, I remember that scene in the theater. I was like, this is so funny. That, that was really good. Uh, that's a great one. Um, another scene is Thor's arrival in Wakanda. Ah, oh, so good. So good. He he just he you know, Bifrost down because his new weapon can access the Bifrost, has the ability to do that, to create the black hole or whatever. Um he comes down, he's got Groot and Rock and uh and Rocket with him, and and Bruce Banner starts laughing as you guys are so screwed now. <laughs> and then I mean he just he's so much stronger than the rest of the Avengers down there. Yeah, absolutely. Um without Captain Marvel. And without Wanda being fully like into her powers yet, because Wanda's not she she's not fully she doesn't know what she is fully yet. Yeah, towards um, the end where she threw the device, she gets a little closer yeah. in Endgame. She's getting there. Yeah, but at this point, like none of them are even close to what Thor can do, and so Thor is just like decimating hundreds of these Outriders at a time. And he has the iconic "Bring me Thanos." Yeah, that's awesome. Which he has such a great like like yelling like kind of like primal voice absolutely yeah absolutely the next scene i have is tony versus thanos because in that they have the kind of the group fights and then tony versus thanos in a one-on-one and then dr strange versus thanos in a one-on-one so both of those are really good but i think the tony one where he's just doing everything he can yeah to to keep fighting and I think it's a, a callback when he's where like he finally gets hit and he's like he's like all that for a drop of blood, and it's a call. I think that's a, a thematic callback to Iron Man two where he's like if you can make God bleed, people will cease to believe in him. Mm-hmm. So the really cool thematic choice there. Yeah, that is good, and that that's great. I mean, he he really is doing Every, everything. Everything. I mean, he gets to the point where his suit is so beat up that he like, he's taking like nano. Nano, nano nanotech nanotech nanobytes i don't know what they're called yeah nanos uh from other parts of a suit and pushing them to his like his gauntlet so he can still shoot um and then ultimately he gets stabbed which is a, a call to the the comic as well because he gets stabbed in the comics well doesn't um, he, he gets his head cut off right in the comics yeah um uh, but he gets which it's a stab yeah it's a stab <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that that's that's a great scene it is mm. Um, my next one is like kind of, I'll call this more of like a collection of moments in a scene because it's broken up. Okay. So it's partly that, partly that scene where Tony fights, fights Thanos. Um, but also before that, when Dr. Strange is looking through the time, Yeah. he's looking through the timeline and he's looking at every possible scenario. 14 million. Yeah. There's 14 million different ways this could play out. Exactly. He looks through all of them and Tony asks him, you know, how many do we win? He says, just one. Yeah. And then when we see that Thanos is about to kill kill Tony, Dr. Strange is willing to sacrifice the Time Stone in order to save Tony Stark. And Tony asks him why. And his response was, we're in the end game. Yeah. And then later, before he, he blips out, Strange tells him it was the only way. There's no Yeah, there's no other way. Yeah. Which I think is... I just think that is particularly cool. Um, that the only I mean, keeping Tony alive was the only way they were going to win. Ultimately, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, that's, yeah, the, I mean, there's so many gut-wrenching scenes and just the collection of them, like Thor talking with Rocket, Gamora with Thanos being sacrificed is absolutely gut-wrenching, and then the snap at the end. Oh, the decimation was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a great it, it impacts on you exactly what it wants to. Yeah. Like all, like a lot of the characters that you love, like, like did not care about killing off their newest and most popular characters spider-man and black panther yeah like it was insane yeah it was great uh another scene i love was vormir when thanos is retrieving the soul stone and he has to sacrifice gamora and it was interesting because you kind of think of thanos as this this monster and he is you know he's the he's clearly the bad guy right there's no um no misconceptions there but we find out that he does, he does feel things, right? Yeah. And he has to sacrifice what he loves the most. Yeah. And it turns out it is his daughter. Mm. And that was a weirdly impactful scene considering. He's a villain. Yeah. Yeah. It is weirdly impactful. And like, yeah, when Red Skull is like, the tears aren't for him. Mm. And you're like, what? Because there are a few points when you're like, oh, he's lost. Yeah. Like when the reality stone, when they, when she stabs him, you're like, oh snap! Like that was, <laughs> that was way too easy. And then, oh no, he's he was reality stone. He already got it. And then the, uh, yeah, that scene as well. They were like, oh well, he lost. You mm-hmm. know, he's not going to be able to do it. Or like again, where Wanda dest- destroys Visions, Mindstone. You're like, oh, he lost. He can't win. And then again, he he changes it. And like, it's like, no, he got exactly what he wanted. Yeah. Whew. Crazy. Got anything else? I don't think so. I think we've, we've hit most of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things in this movie that we could spend hours talking about. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's go on to questions. Which hero is the most useful? Man, I... It's a tough question. So I think there are two, two ways to answer this for me. One is how I think I would have answered this before I watched Endgame. Yeah. And two is the answer I'd give after Endgame. So I think if you had asked me this before, before Endgame came out, before I knew the story of how it ended ultimately, I would say that in this movie, T'Challa is the most useful character because he provides an entire army mm-hmm. and like a stronghold to withstand the enemy for a good while. Like they, they withstand the enemy for a while and theoretically could have been fine if they'd have actually just killed um, Vision. So I think he was extremely useful. Right? He probably yeah. had the entire army, which is... That's as good as it gets when you're facing exactly another evil army. Yeah. Um, so he's extremely useful, but I have to say, like knowing how this movie ends or how the next, how the saga ends. Yeah. Doctor Strange is the most useful. Absolutely. Yeah. Because he he saves the day by sacrificing the time stone and seemingly causing like loss. He he secures the win. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the the right way to understand it is that going into it, you know in terms of means and personnel and things that in this movie before, like, okay, you all lost. You know, I was going to say that 
uh, yeah, T'Challa obviously does the most to try and further them towards the direction of a win, even though they lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Doctor Strange post end game, like he knows the plan, he yeah. knows how to win, and he's gonna do makes the correct moves mm-hmm. to make sure that happens. Oh, for sure. And once you see how this movie ends, ultimately you're like, yeah, that made, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Who is the least useful? Peter Quill. Peter Quill. Yeah. I had him. I had Drax, Falcon, War Machine, and Bucky. And Captain America. Yeah. Captain he so, does have that cool moment where he's holding the gauntlet. That's a cool moment. Um, another cool moment is when he, um, him and him and T'Challa are running. That's really cool. And they cool. break away from the rest of the group. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that is really cool. But we've talked about this with him before. When they have these big team-up movies, like he kind of shrinks. Yeah. He shrunk in Avengers. <laughs> uh, the first one did that in Civil War as well. No, not Civil War. Not Civil in War. Age Ultra, of Ultron. Ultron. He kind of shrinks back a little bit because mm-hmm. he's just not as... He's not as capable on the grand scheme as some of these other guys as, are. Yeah, Wanda or Thor. Uh, yeah. Like he's not flying around. He's like he's punching and kicking things. Right. Yeah. Okay. Who has the best performance in this movie? What what do you who, who I put Josh Brolin as Thanos? Uh, I was thinking about that, actually. It's either him or Tony Stark or Robert Downey Jr. Uh, I'll give it to, to Brolin. Um, because I think Tony's going to get the answer for that one <laughs> in the end game. In end game. Yeah. So I'll give it to Brolin now because Brolin, the voice acting is really good and the physical acting. Because I know obviously it's CGI, but motion capture, but it's motion capture and they imposed it on his physical acting. So I did really Yeah, well. he does a really good job being like probably the second or one of the top three, five iconic villains of all time now for pop culture. <laughs> Let's get into our rankings. So we're going to do our rankings of heroes, villains, and movies that we've seen so far before giving our overall reflections and final (laughs) grades. I'll go first. I've got a big switch up mix up from this week to previous weeks. Okay. So number one, Iron Man. Number two, Thor. Number three, Doctor Strange. Number four, Black Panther. Number five, Captain America. Number six, Black Widow. Number seven, Spider-Man. Number eight, Wanda. Number nine, Rocket. Number 10, Groot. Number 11, Gamora. Number 12, Hulk. Number 13, Winter Soldier. Number 14, Yondu. Number 15, Drax. 16, Falcon. 17, Ant-Man. 18, Hawkeye. 19, Vision. 20, Mantis. 21, Star-Lord. 22, Nebula. 23, (laughs) Quicksilver. 24, War Machine. Okay. Uh, Mind it. Man. Sorry, mine didn't mix up too much. I I get why he dropped Star Lord because he really screwed he up. He really screwed up. Um, I mean, they had a real chance to win there. <laughs> yeah, he really, really dropped the ball but on that. Like one. I, I mean, I saw people like. Here's the thing: like the toxicity of fans over that though is not justified. Oh well, no, fan! Well, no, people are idiots. Yeah, people were like sending Chris um, Pratt. Chris like, Pratt, death threat. It's like okay, calm down. Yeah, you need to calm down. Calm down. He didn't even write the script. Yeah. All right, so what I have Iron Man, two, Thor, three, Black Panther, four, Captain America, five, Spider Man, six, Black Widow, eight, Star Lord, nine, Rocket, ten, Gamora, 
11 Strange, 12 Falcon, 13 Drax, 14 Groot, 15 Ant-Man, 16 Hulk, 17 Hawkeye, 18 Wanda, 19 Vision, 20 War Machine, 21 Quicksilver, 22 Mantis, and 23 Nebula. Nice. I'll go first villain. Villain, number one, I have Thanos. Number one, Thanos. Two, Loki. Three, Vulture. Four, Killmonger. Five, Hela. Six, Zemo. Seven, Aldrich Killian. Eight, Obadiah. Nine, Ultron. Ten, Ronan. Eleven, Ego. Twelve, Red Skull. Thirteen, Alexander Pierce. Fourteen, Yellow Jacket. Fifteen, Ivan Bonko. Sixteen, Abomination. Seventeen, Dormammu. And eighteen, Malekith. Nice. Right, pretty similar. Oh, well, I mean, I've number one, Thanos. Two, Zemo. Three, Loki. Four, Killmonger. Five Vulture, six Hella, seven Ego, eight Red Skull, nine Obadiah, ten Ultron, eleven Ronan, twelve Alexander, Pierce, thirteen Vanko, fourteen Abomination, fifteen Aldrich Killian, fifteen Derek Cross, seventeen Dormammu, eighteen Malekith. Yeah, I mean our our villain lists are very similar. There's like one like major difference, and after that, it's yeah. pretty much the same. Just preference. Okay, I'll go first with movie. Number one, Avengers Infinity War. Two, Captain America Winter Soldier. Three, Iron Man. Four, Guardians of the Galaxy. One, five, Thor Ragnarok. Six, Civil War. Seven, Guardians Volume 2. Eight, Black Panther. Nine, Captain America First Avenger. Ten, The Avengers. Eleven, Iron Man 2. Twelve, Spider-Man Homecoming. Thirteen, Iron Man 3. Fourteen, Doctor Strange. Fifteen, Age of Ultron. Sixteen, Ant-Man. Seventeen, Thor. 18, Incredible Hulk, 19, Thor, Dark World. I'm surprised we agree. I have number one, Infinity War. It's such a good movie. Yeah. One, Infinity War. Two, Iron Man. Three, Ragnarok. Four, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 1. Five, Black Panther. Six, Civil War. Seven, Winter Soldier. Eight, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Nine, Spider-Man Homecoming. Ten, The Avengers. Eleven, Iron Man. Three, 12, Captain America, the first Avenger. 13, Ultron. 14, Doctor Strange. 15, Ant-Man. 16, Iron Man 2. 17, Thor. 18, Incredible Hulk. And 19, Thor, Dark World. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 easy. great. It's such a good movie. And we talked about this uh, yesterday or a few days ago when we, we were hanging out and said, like, when we watched this movie, immediately wanted to watch Endgame. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, this is such a good movie. Yeah. All right, I, we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, overall grade, A+. A+. Plus. A+. Plus. A+. Plus. Easily, yeah. Well, for all the reasons that we talked about and said, A+. Plus. Absolutely. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for another episode of the Brad Report. We hope that you dug what you heard. We hope that you will like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, follow us on social media. And until next time, love you 3,000.